What's that? He asks. Oh, this? I touch the ribbon at the back of my neck. It's just my ribbon. I run my fingers halfway around its green and glossy length and bring them to rest on the tight bow that sits in the front. He reaches out his hand and I seize it and press it away. You shouldn't touch it, I say. You can't touch it. Before we go inside, he asks if he can see me again. I tell him that I would like that. That night, before I sleep, I imagine him again, his tongue pushing open my mouth, and my fingers slide over myself, and I imagine him there, all muscle and desire to please, and I know that we are going to marry. We do. I mean, we will. But first he takes me in his car, in the dark, to a lake with a marshy edge that is hard to get close to. He kisses me and clasps his hand around my breast, my nipple nodding beneath his fingers. I am not truly sure what he is going to do before he does it. He is hard and hot and dry and smells like bread. And when he breaks me, I scream and cling to him like I am lost at sea. His body locks onto mine, and he is pushing, pushing. And before the end, he pulls himself out and finishes with my blood slicking him down. I am fascinated and aroused by the rhythm, the concrete sense of his need, the clarity of his release. Afterward, he slumps in the seat, and I can hear the sounds of the pond, loons and crickets, and something that sounds like a banjo being plucked. The wind picks up off the water and cools my body down. I don't know what to do now. I can feel my heart beating between my legs. It hurts, but I imagine it could feel good. I run my hand over myself and feel strains of pleasure from somewhere far off. His breathing becomes quieter, and I realize that he is watching me. My skin is glowing beneath the moonlight coming through the window. When I see him looking, I know I can seize that pleasure, like my fingertips tickling the very end of a balloon string that is almost drifted out of reach. I pull and moan and ride out the crest of sensations slowly and evenly, biting my tongue all the while. I need more, he says, but he does not rise to do anything. He looks out the window, and so do I. Anything could move out there in the darkness, I think. A hook-handed man? A ghostly hitchhiker forever repeating the same journey? An old woman summoned from the repose of her mirror by the chance of children? Everyone knows these stories, that is, everyone tells them, even if they don't know them. But no one ever believes them. His eyes drift over the water and then return to me. Tell me about your ribbon, he says. There's nothing to tell. It's my ribbon. May I touch it? No. I want to touch it, he says. His fingers twitch a little and I close my legs and sit up straighter. No. Something in the lake muscles and writhes out of the water and then lands with a splash. 
He turns at the sound. A fish, he says. Sometime, I tell him. I will tell you the stories about this lake and her creatures. He smiles at me and rubs his jaw. A little of my blood smears across his skin, but he doesn't notice and I don't say anything. I would like that very much, he says. Take me home, I tell him. And like a gentleman, he does. That night I wash myself. The silky suds between my legs are the color and scent of rust. But I am newer than I have ever been. My parents are very fond of him. He is a nice boy, they say. He will be a good man. They ask him about his occupation, his hobbies, his family. He shakes my father's hand firmly.